I think the stuff that didn't go as well as I had hoped comes down to either spending money prematurely on the marketing strategy, not being consistent, or not having a set strategy before I implemented the practice. Hi, my name is Caitlin Pyatt. I'm a professionally certified marketer, and this is the Start Marketing Podcast, where small business owners can find authentic, accessible, and actionable marketing advice to help them grow and scale their businesses. I've worked in marketing for over 13 years, and it's an industry I genuinely love and a craft I believe can revolutionize and propel businesses to unimaginable growth. I'm the director of marketing at a startup, I run the Start Marketing community, and of course, I host this podcast. But I'm also a wife, a mom of three, and my house is generally always chaotic. I like learning about marketing, talking about it, and this is my favorite place to share my love of marketing. If you can't tell, I'm kind of a nerd about it. So I hope you're ready to soak it all in and start marketing. Hey, Start Marketing listeners, welcome to the final episode of 2021. It's hard to believe that this year is already done and over with. Today, it's just me, and as a way to wrap things up and set up next year's season, I wanted to do this solo episode. It's been almost two years since I started my business and almost two years since I started this podcast, so I think this is probably long overdue, but I want to review what's been working well when it comes to my marketing strategy and what hasn't. So this is actually going to become a regular segment for Start Marketing in the new year, and I am really looking forward to it. Let's dive in. Okay, so something that's had some ups and downs for me when it comes to marketing is my website. Now, you all know that I'm a strong proponent of having a website for your small business because it's where you can tell more of a complete story about your brand. You can sell your products and services better than when you just rely on social media for your business. Plus, you own it, which means it can't suddenly up and disappear like a social channel can. So what went well about my website is that I've really been able to update my brand story and change it according to my target audience as my target audience has changed. So I feel like it's a really great representation for me and it can house my podcast recaps, which really gives me an SEO boost. But what hasn't worked well for me is not so much something I guess that isn't working well, but something that I wish I would have put off investing in. So here's some context. When I started my business, I had my target audience identified and I doubled down on it. And I paid someone to write some awesome SEO optimized copy for me. And then several months later, I changed my target audience and I hired someone to write brand spanking new copy for me and do a bunch of on-site SEO work. And then a few months later, I found myself back at my original target audience, I think maybe. The thing is, is I don't know, or I didn't know what I didn't know. I thought I was being smart by getting ahead of the SEO game, starting really early with content that had been professionally written and was keyword optimized on the site. But what I didn't know is that in your first few years of business, you can and probably will change your target audience as you learn what works for you and what doesn't. So it's not so much that this marketing strategy hasn't worked for me. It's just that I wish I had waited to invest in SEO text and on-site work until I was super sure of the direction I was headed. 
I can easily roll back my website to an earlier version that has my original text on it and therefore speaks to my original target audience if I ultimately choose to go back to them as my ideal client or customer. But that would also mean that I spent almost $3,000 on something I'm not going to use. And it hurts so much to say that. So my advice when it comes to your website as a marketing strategy or SEO is to DIY the text on your site until you're absolutely sure you know who your target audience is. Give it a couple of years of business to let things settle so you don't spend the money and sort of get this whiplash and feel like it was all unnecessary if you end up in the same bucket that I did. So kind of tangent to that, something else that I feel didn't go as well is the SEO in the SEO game specifically is signing up for a service called Yext. This was at the suggestion of someone I worked with early on who has done great work for me in the past, but even in hindsight, she was like, yeah, I don't think I would recommend that to you today. So for those of you who don't know, Yext is a service that updates all of your search engine search engine business listings for every known search engine out there, Google included, all at one time. In theory, for SEO purposes, you're supposed to have the equivalent of a Google My Business account on every search directory listing, and there's hundreds of them. Yext is expensive. It's about $600 a year, and at the end of the day, it's probably not really necessary. So focusing on Google My Business is a great first place to start and I would have saved the money. And that's pretty much all of my advice when it comes to SEO. Focus on creating good content and learn how to publish it with solid SEO keywords and phrases for your titles and your tags, but save yourself the dollars and invest in an SEO strategist and specialist later on down the road. You don't need to rank number one in Google to get started and to have your content do well, because in the beginning, it's going to be a lot of you promoting it anyway, and it's going to be a lot of organic growth unless you have um, a lot of money to spend on paid promotion for it, which I did not. All right, so let's talk about something that's gone well for me, and that I feel like has been building my brand. Jury is still out on the graphic aesthetic of that. I have really kind of struggled with finding and landing on something, but that is more so due to sort of my creative um, excitement. I always have a hard time landing on something creatively, Uh, but the actual foundation that I spent working on establishing my voice, my mission, the core values, and how I really bring that messaging to life has stayed really consistent. Even if parts of my brand, like my target audience, have shifted over time. So my goal is to always make marketing accessible and actionable. And do not underestimate the work that you can put into your brand on your own early on. It'll help you nail down your messaging and help you learn what works and what doesn't work, what resonates with your target audience, what resonates with you, and you can really help streamline the marketing process. 
Your brand is the measuring stick by which you make all of your business decisions, including, but especially the marketing ones. So having a brand in place gave me clarity for that messaging on social media and when I showed up to do speaking gigs on this podcast, things like that. So I am very grateful that I spent the time to regularly assess how it was going and to make sure that I was putting solid foundation pieces in place so that my marketing efforts were streamlined and resonated. So speaking of things that again, I don't think have gone well. Social media. Oh man, you're a regular listener. You know, I am just not a fan of it. I'm so, I'm so bad at it. I think I don't mind scrolling and reading the content of other creators. I don't mind using it personally, but when it comes to my business, I just don't think I've done a great job of establishing a social media strategy. I feel like I have posted for the sake of posting consistently and that's kind of been it. So for example, I know I need to do more videos or do reels or get on TikTok, but you know what I never do? Any of those things. I know. (laughs) Here's the thing. When it comes down to it, I spend a lot of time creating podcast content. So when I think about creating social media content and really putting a social media strategy in place, sort of spider webs in my head and starts to overwhelm me. And I know I could batch the work, but it just feels like so much energy. So I would give my social media, if I were grading it, a D, maybe a C minus. I'm consistent and there's good info on there thanks to my podcast, but I just don't do a good job of incorporating things like video or personal stories that could really liven it up. The fact that it has any life and personality at all is probably thanks to my fantastic VA, Kyla, of Stories by Kyla. So shout out to her for saving social for me. The one thing I do think has gone really well on the social media front is my switch away from Buffer as my social media scheduler to Hello Woofy. So Arjun Rai, the founder of Hello Woofy, was a guest in the fall and after our conversation, I immediately made the switch and I haven't looked back. It's less expensive overall and it offers way more features than Buffer can and at a lower price point. So there's an affiliate link in the show notes if you're interested in checking it out, but this has helped save me time. It's made things easier to coordinate with my VA. And so for that, I will give myself an A on the social media front, but the actual content needs some work and the strategy around it. So something else that went well for me, but really went kind of underutilized is my email marketing. I have a good open rate and a solid click-through rate, but I lack consistency there. So it's a little bit of a mixed bag. The same goes for Pinterest. I'm a big advocate of using Pinterest for small businesses because the algorithm is friendlier than other social networks, especially if you're using the Tailwind app. It's incredibly easy, but I also lacked consistency there this year. I think it's because for both of those things, I don't have a great process down to help streamline the creation of the content there. And once I fell behind, it felt like climbing a mountain to get back on track, which is funny because here I just need to take my own advice, right? And start marketing. Nobody except me is pressuring myself to catch up on past episodes. I could literally just start with the latest episode of my podcast and go from there. Instead, I've been focusing on having a complete library and that's just been 
too much. It's impossible to catch back up on. However, when I do post content or when I do send out emails, I see good engagement on them. And so that's something that, again, it's it's kind of a mixed bag, right? The engagement and the reach are good, but the engagement hasn't necessarily been what my original goal was, especially on Pinterest. I wanted people to really click through and sign up for my email list. So by that stand- standard, this strategy didn't perform as well as for me as I'd like. But overall, my email marketing did solid and is something that I need to just be more consistent at throughout the year. And same with Pinterest. I need to really make sure that I am experimenting with some of the content and the look and feel of the pins to see if I can get um, the click through on those and build my email list the way that I want. All right, so I'm going to conclude with two things that have gone really well for me, this podcast and networking. My podcast numbers have steadily risen over the past year, which is really exciting to see, and I can see spikes where guests help promote their episodes and therefore help get me additional exposure and create some brand awareness for me. And podcasting energizes me, it sparks my creativity, and helps me meet all kinds of new people throughout the process. It also gives me a large library of content to pull from for social media and my emails. So that's a huge win. I'm never struggling to find content or something to talk about. And podcasting has really dovetailed nicely into something else that's gone really well for me, which is the networking. I'll actually be covering how and why networking is a really powerful marketing strategy in January, but let me tell you, this was probably my most underrated marketing strategy headed into 2021, and it's become one of the best for me. I'm fortunate with the addition of my Payrex director role to not have the pressure to find clients, and it's really given me the chance to focus on the things that I enjoy doing in my business, like networking and community building teaching and podcasting. That being said, building a network of people who support me and help me grow as an entrepreneur and podcaster has led me to more clients than anything else. I'm gaining brand authority through networking because it often leads to speaking gigs or presentations. And in general, people are getting to know me, my skill set, and my passion through casual conversation and not through a sales pitch. So I'm going to put this down as the most successful way I've grown over the past year. I have invested a fair amount of money in networking groups and communities, but I feel like I've chosen wisely and that they really pay off for me. I'll be honest, I don't get a lot of value out of free communities on Facebook. There's one that might be the exception, but most of the others are really just kind of exhausting and full of people who want to give opinions or throw out a lead magnet just to grow their email list. It actually makes me a little sad because I see posts multiple times a day like I've created the top 10 things I did to earn 100k this year who wants it or I've created the perfect roadmap to a six-figure month that I achieved after just one month in my business who wants a copy and I so I see so many people quote-unquote raise their hands and give over their email address it just feels like this vicious cycle of women who uh, have made it that are taking advantage of and kind of using the promise of unicorn marketing to sell their products and services to other women who are doubting themselves and you all know how I feel about marketing picture unicorn marketing pitches so I 
really would encourage you to look for and find communities, even if they are free. You may have better luck than I have. Certainly that could be the case. But look for communities that you can really establish yourself in. Give yourself a few months, probably five or six, to really kind of settle in get the feel and see if you're going to get the value out of it and I think you'll be surprised that when you put a lot into these communities you get a lot out I know I was really intimidated when I initially started in the total life freedom mastermind community and for the first few months I sort of felt like oh I'm not gonna fit in here there seems to sort of be this like core group of people that are like well-known and sort of like the it crowd and I just I don't know I don't know if this is going to be for me but I hung in there I really made an effort to connect and network have individual networking meetings with people within the community and to show up live in person for the content calls that they were offering and it led me to presentations within the community I feel like I have friends in there and I have been offered spots to test out pilot programs for other people's courses and things like that so I think when you put a lot into a community and it's curated and it's paid, people are much more likely to kind of take it seriously and you strip out sort of the spammy unicorn marketing pitches. And I think that's really important and a great way to network and grow your business. So to recap, the things that really didn't go well for me, social media and the amount of money I spent on my website, that should have been saved for another year for sure. Things that were a mixed bag for me were Pinterest and email marketing, and that really just came down to a lack of consistency. And then the things that went well were having a website, building my brand, this podcast, and networking. I think what the stuff that didn't go as well as I had hoped comes down to is either spending money prematurely on the marketing strategy, not being consistent, or not having a set strategy or goal in mind before I implemented the practice. It's definitely something that I look back at and kind of facepalm myself for because I'm all about having a strategic marketing plan and executing against it. But what I learned is that I probably had way too much on my plate than is really feasible for one marketer or business owner to get done, and therefore I spread myself too thin. What's that saying? When you try to do everything, you end up doing nothing. Um, That's kind of how I feel. I know it's a pretty harsh assessment of my own marketing strategy, but it's honest. I tried to do way too much, and I didn't really execute well on a lot of things. So for 2022, I have a new plan that I am super excited about and addresses these challenges that I've had this year. In fact, that's what I'm going to cover in my very first January episode before you hear from an amazing guest, Vincent Puglisi, about how to use marketing uh, or networking as marketing strategy. So Here's a lesson that I've learned repeatedly throughout the year. Even though I already knew it, I had the pleasure of eating some humble pie regularly to be reminded of it. When you're marketing, you are playing the long game. There's no silver bullet. So focus, create a strategy, invest wisely, and for Pete's sake, stop committing yourself to more than you can handle. 
All right, start marketers. I hope you're a little bit inspired by this episode and the very honest reflections it includes. Tune in next week for my reveal about how I'm going to get my marketing strategy on track for 22 by making some major tweaks and getting out of my comfort zone. Until next time.